0: Welcome to season four of Exploring the Prophetic. We are on a journey of spiritual curiosity to see how God's voice can impact us and the world around us. I interview guests from every walk of life and background about how their relationship with God and hearing His voice has given them different opportunities and breakthrough experiences. This season, I'm also asking every guest how they got through a time when they thought they had heard from God or they received a prophetic word from someone else that didn't happen and how God helped them to resolve that. Come join our conversation on Exploring the Prophetic, starting now. Welcome to Exploring the Prophetic, and I love who's on today because I've known these guys for a while, but I love their God stories, and I've heard them just around the dinner table. It's Mark and Jemima Verghese who lead Kingdom City Ministries around the world. They have over 27 locations, 30,000 people engage in their services weekly. They were running 60 services a week, but they went down during coronavirus to their main services doing a lot of their stuff online. And they have a global team that's working together and they just get strategy from God on how to move forward. But I wanted to talk to them specifically because they, in the midst of the pandemic, saw it as an opportunity to push forward and to proactively relate using proactive energy to what God wants to do, not to just react to what the enemy is doing, what sickness is doing, what politics are doing, what everything else is doing, but they actually wanted to watch God in the midst of hardship build his kingdom. And man, is it awesome. I love their story together. I I know I've heard it many times, uh, different parts of their story, sitting around dinner tables with them in different restaurants when I've been with them in different countries, New Zealand, Malaysia, Australia. And so it's so cool to hear from them for our audience, because you guys are going to so relate to their down to earthness. I mean, they're just so down to earth. They demystify what it looks like to build apostolically or what it looks like to build church movements. They're so real. They're so genuine. They're so unique. And they're so positive, and they're seeing the fruit of the kingdom right now. You're going to want to hear them, especially if you're a pastor, a leader, a minister, somebody who's starting something. This is a show for you. If you're not somebody who's you're going to still be encouraged by the stories, especially their marriage journey story, where God told Jemima a few months before Chris that they were going to get married, and we're going to talk about that as well. So stay tuned for Exploring Prophetic. Hey, my fellow explorers, we have a brand new book out. And if you've ever been given a word that you're a Joseph, an Esther, a Solomon, or a Daniel, you need to learn how to hear God the way that they did. You need to have that place inside of you that connects to God, that can believe for his solutions on the world today and for his problem solving ability, his wisdom, his strategy. And so we've written this book called Wired to Hear and it's connecting God's voice to your career and place of influence. You are gonna love this book. I wanna encourage you to get it today. My friend, Bob Hassan, who does Exploring the Marketplace with me and myself, Wrote this to take you on a journey of how to succeed in your place of career with God's voice and with connection to Him. Visit Bowles Ministries today and look up Wired to Hear or go to any bookstore you know and you should be able to find Wired to Hear. But get it, review it, and share it with someone else. Well, welcome. I'm having a conversation already with Mark and Jemima, and they're from Kingdom City Churches and they lead this network, this movement. And you guys, I'm so glad you're on. It's been so long since we've talked.
1: It's a privilege to be with you, Sean. We uh we, yeah. we love you and we enjoy everything that you're doing, whatever form yeah. it takes.
0: Ah, oh, well, the same. I mean, I what's really fun is seeing over the last two years specifically the growth and the changes and the transition. You guys were already amped up the last time we were together, I think two and a half years ago, three years ago. You already amped up and, and you just expanded into other campuses. I think the last time I spoke somewhere in a kingdom city. You're, I was with Jemima and Mark, you were launching something somewhere else. And that was one of many things, but you guys have gone to like, not just adding things, but multiplying like crazy. While we're in this worldwide pandemic, you guys are like exploding in India and Mexico and like just everywhere. Like Malaysia was already on the map. And I know you were planted in Italy when I was with you and just these different places. But a lot, of, a lot of church movements right now are at a really interesting impasse. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you know this, but I was just on with Harold Everly, who's a theologian here in America, and they had done this whole study, and he was leaning on the research of it, that uh, 85% of pastors in America, about 45% worldwide, became or got saved in a four-year period in the Jesus People movement, and they're still pastors today leading in their movement of their churches, and so and they're about to retire. And so it's just, there's about to be a huge passing of the baton. And what I'm looking at is like, you know, we're exploring what God's doing in the world right now. And you guys emerge not out of nowhere, because you've been working really hard for a long time, but you've emerged as kind of this premier voice in ministry. Not everyone who maybe is on our podcast has heard of before, but you bring, you synergize and centralize a lot of things that God's doing around the nations that you serve and you help bring kingdom. I love that it's called Kingdom City because you help bring kingdom. So, I'm so glad to have you on. And I want to hear kind of the story. Like, how did this all start for you?
1: So, basically, I was a lawyer by profession, and I didn't grow up in ministry. All my family, are, uh, you know, professionals, doctors, lawyers, accountants, et cetera. So, I, mm-hmm. I we grew up Christian, but I had no grid for uh, ministry in this sense of the word. Um, mm-hmm. I knew God to be sovereign and distant, but because of the Orthodox upbringing, uh, there was not really a sense of intimacy. Then we come to a, We migrated to Australia in the mid-80s, and this pastor talks about God like he knows him, and it just was so foreign (laughs) to me. And I'm thinking, like, because, again, from the religious background, that made no sense. And yet at the same time, something like a time bomb went off in me with a desire to know God. I didn't know that Uh I didn't. I wouldn't translate that to a desire to work for him. It was just a desire to know him. And sure enough, I did what I did, and then um, I served in ministry. I quit my career after five years as a lawyer and uh, started working mm-hmm. service work in church. Now my naivety was probably exposed and a whole lot of stuff came to the surface. And I thought, Oh my gosh, this is not what I wanted. Because even though I loved the restaurant, it didn't mean you should work in the kitchen. And yeah. so the idea behind the scenes of getting involved in church was a bit foreign. Uh, and I was probably on the verge of a breakdown burnout. I wanted to quit. I was single. I was 30. I wanted to travel. And uh, I had an encounter with the Lord and it was so, um, overwhelming and in that encounter god told me to go to Malaysia and plant a church. I'm living in Perth Western Australia. Wow. So I and I we hadn't met yet. And uh and and so I sold my house, bought a one-way ticket and went to uh this Islamic country without a visa to plant a church, you know, which is really crazy. So we did that and I did that and um I met a guy there. We started in Starbucks because they had Wi-Fi. Literally (laughs) that was supported by Christians donations. And that was 2006. So wow. that starts in our living room and it slowly grows. And a year and a bit, we meet. We meet. Mm-hmm. was well, on a Before ministry. you
0: go there too, because I was a single pastor as well when I started my church in LA that I no longer pastor. I actually gave it over to my best friends, but they uh, they were with me and it was just cool because I had them as a married couple doing it. But it's it's hard to be a pastor when you're single. And then you go to Malaysia, which is a whole other level because marriage is like so um, almost idolized in Malaysia. So- That had to have been hard. So Jemima, tell us some of your backstory before you guys met.
2: Um, Yeah, so I was born in New Zealand, um, but my father's Australian, so I'm half New Zealand, half Aussie, but I grew up in the Philippines. I went to American missionary school there and uh, lived in a Chinese compound there. So I was really mixed up. I didn't know who I was or
0: um, wh- what-, <laughs> what culture am I? <laughs> yeah,
2: I didn't into any circle. I went back to Australia, went to university, and I worked in the IT industry for a while, marketing as well. And then uh, ended up working for my dad as a youth pastor because I. Um, I got away from the Lord for a while, come back, and uh, I just wanted to serve God. I just wanted to be wow. in his house. So I just started working for him um, as his admin assistant as well. So I learned everything about running a church in a small scale. And then mm. one day someone invited me to on a missions trip uh, to Malaysia, and I actually met Mark on stage uh, at the church because uh, he called some of the, the leaders up on the missions trip and said, would you come up on stage and share about your trip? And I was one of them, so I went up, and that was the very first time we ever laid hands on uh, el, el, not hands, sorry, eyes, eyes, <laughs> eyes, <laughs> eyes.
0: <laughs> that was I would so normally edit that, but it's so cute that we're gonna keep it in.
2: <laughs> oh eyes, and uh, I remember Mark saying to me, "Have I met you before?" And I was like, "No." And he goes, "Are you sure?" And he's looking at me, and it was weird because my spirit knew him, but my soul didn't. That's how I oh, could describe yeah. it. I I knew this guy. I think the angels are all laughing at this point going, this is hilarious how we met because everything in me knew him, but I'm like, I don't know this guy. What, what's going on? And so that started a journey of God speaking to me. Like he's never spoken to me before about this is the man I was 31 and uh, he was 31 as well. And, uh, I was like a 31 year old single pastor. Does they, do they even exist? You know? (laughs) And, uh, then um i, I was 37
0: that... so yes they exist
2: yeah but there were a lot of women in the church i think they were quite sad when the announcement made that we were getting oh my
0: gosh i here. remember when you told me the story Joanna, when we first met because i met uh i had met mark before but then i actually spent the weekend with uh your church and yeah. he was out of town so you, you and the boys took me out mm-hmm. yeah and it was so cool to hear your story just because it felt like it gives me so much hope for a lot of people when they understand, like when they're giving their life to God and they're giving things like marriage to God. God doesn't always speak about marriage, but when he does, it's it's always because there's a great purpose in it. And watching you guys partner, there's no subservientism in your marriage or whatever. It's like, you guys are full on partnering. Before the interview for everybody who's listening, Mark like kept talking about everything Jemima does and she kept deflecting like, I know, but you do stuff too, basically. But he, I love how you just couldn't help but just to talk about like, in the pandemic, I and mean, everything that's happening. You just kept referring to Jemima and then we went here and then Jemima did this. And I think there's something about that in your relationship that God planned before time began. He planned for you to work together, not just do life, have family, be married, but you really planted this movement together. And it's, it shows when you're in, anybody who sees it, sees you in it and sees your place in it. But, um, when you guys were having that, that moment of like, okay, God's speaking to us, did you see some of that in it? Could you feel like that divine purpose? Or was it like, okay, getting married and having kids? Or did you feel like we're going to birth something together?
2: I remember Mark uh, saying to me at the coffee. We had a famous coffee. we It was our first ever coffee uh, when um, I went to visit him on the second trip. And he said to me, you know, he said this famous line. I would say, um, we'd been talking for three
1: hours. It's famous in our little world.
2: And uh, he said, (laughs) and I'd had six months of a runway of God telling me all these signs so i knew that this we were coming to coffee wow. to talk about it, but he had no idea because he differently <laughs> to him and I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. so he's had you know god's speaking to him the whole time this is your wife this is your wife and it wow. must have been so much in his mind that when he said uh how do you feel and i said i don't know how do you feel and he said i feel like i'm having coffee with my wife that moment you know i was like Finally, we've arrived, you know. And but um it was a bit of a shock to him. But he did say this one thing at the end. He goes, Are you ready for an adventure of a lifetime? Wow. And I was so naive back then, I was like, sure, you know, like you know, <laughs> be fun and everything. But um it really has been an adventure But the Lord spoke to me and said, I've called you to mark. I've called you to mark. So if Mark um wants you, if Mark wants to go to Africa you're going to Africa. You're not called to a yeah. country, you're not called to a role. You're not called to a position. You're called to Mark. Mark wants you to do kids ministry, do kids ministry. If he wants you to do, you know, youth, you do, you do what he needs. You are his helpmate. And I think that released something in me that I'm like, okay, I'm his, I'm his helpmate. I'm here to help outwork the vision that he gets from God. He tells us what he wants. And then we're like, okay, how do we get there? You know? So yeah.
0: That's well, interesting because a lot of the best um, people who have kind of apostolic bent are those people who know how to create the 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 structure around vision and know how to actually activate and delegate. And a lot of times, a person who has the most apostolic vision part of it, the visionary, doesn't have all of that. And when I was there, my perception is, and this could just be my perception, and the limited time we spent together, it's like you have such an equipper and releaser and delegator in. Authority. So it's so cool to watch you together because I feel like it's like you're two arms on one body. You know, it's just amazing. So, okay, here you are. You met, you guys have that that coffee date, which I love that line. And then what next? And then we, I'm going to go to the future in just a minute and talk about what's happening now.
2: Uh, he literally got his phone out and worked out the date of our wedding.
1: So that, <laughs> that was next In the same coffee.
2: In the same coffee. Well. So that was before I love you, before even holding my hand. Before the refill.
1: To-
0: before
2: the before the refill does he do this
0: still with stuff now to people does he just go okay if if he gets that
2: so that's why when people freak out about him starting cities i'm like that's nothing he did this with marriage so when (laughs) god tells mark something mark is like we're in let's go so god was so kind back then to 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 let me have six months and my family to process because once god told him he was like right uh I can do this, we do this, da-da-da-da, September, let's do it. So wow. he, Mark is very much like when God speaks, we're there. So,
0: That's yeah. amazing.
2: Mm, he doesn't want I'm to. I'm just
0: looking at Mark's face. He's like, yeah, yeah. How do you hear from God, Mark? I'm just going to ask in the sense of like these things. Is it an internal kind of process for you? Or is it, did you know it was like the dropped-in voice of God?
1: You know, you know sometimes I actually wonder – I feel like out of all the gifts, I'm the least prophetic in the sense that,
0: what?
1: no, no, in this sense. Like, I think what, I, what I've what i tried to do is live a yes life. Yeah. And then, so the slightest nudge is already a direction in a hundred steps. So it doesn't have this thing of, I need a map. I need uh, 10 instructions. I need this. So in the case of our marriage, Jemima had the six month runway. I'm literally having a coffee out of politeness because this i came on a second thing and I'm hearing a voice in my head. This is your wife, and so I go. This is my wife now. The brain part, which I do believe I have strat- strategy in me because of my background, and, you know, all of that, but that seems to serve the impulsive part or the spontaneous yeah. part. And so, this is your wife, and so once it all unlocked pretty quickly, uh, I got up. We had blackberries back then, so looked at, looked it up and said, okay, it's April the 9th. Um, Let's work out a date. Uh, and she's living in Brisbane, I'm in Malaysia, so we're not even in the same country. So all of that evolved that way. But in terms of how I hear from uh-huh. God, even when it comes to cities mm. or things, uh, it's 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 a, it's a leaning, it's a sensing, it's a presence thing for like me. Instinct,
0: like a, uh, yeah, uh,
1: it's Yeah, it's hard to articulate. I remember someone had a prophetic word over me once about how he saw this, my mind and my heart merging into this super mm. organ. I don't even know what that means. I've never heard this before. And how in the presence, you are able to see, sense and think, and you'll just know. And, there are yeah. times I come out with the presence of God. your mom's like, "What did God say?" And I'm like, "Nothing," but I feel amazing. Like you know, it's it's almost like presence more than even articulate words. And if I've got that, it's like I I don't know. Maybe I, and you tend to hear God real specifically, especially in mm. the prophetic for people. Uh, words of knowledge, all of that. And I do get all of that sometimes.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but but in terms of the d- direction of how and we kind go. Of about
0: decision-making direction is really interesting because I, I remember what? one of my mentors who's passed away now, he wasn't known as one of the most prophetic people, but he, everything he heard from God, he built. And, he, and wow. he did. And so people loved his leadership. And it's wow. not a guy you would know. He's a guy who would be mo- more local to America. But what's interesting is at one point he told me, Sean, I don't really hear God that clearly, but I have the gift of faith when I do. I just know he's given the gift to fully believe and commit to whatever I feel in my instinct is from God or in my, that knowing that sense. And I, I've prayed for that ever since I said, cause I don't feel like I hear God the clearest. I feel like I have words at times, like sometimes I'll be in a season, like a words of knowledge like I was in for the last five years. And then all of a sudden during coronavirus, it's not what was needed the most. So it's not, it's not that it's not there. It's not that I don't do it, but it's not at what God's having me display or put on, you know, or awaken or unlock. Yeah. So it's really interesting when you move into a new season, because ultimately for me, I feel the same way as you, Mark. I feel like I just get a, a download or a feeling, a sense of God's heart. I'm like, I'll serve you any way you want me to serve you. If that's you, I'm going. And I, so that really helped me back in the day. and That might help some of our listeners too. But Jemima, you actually have quite a prophetic gift, and I've witnessed it, and I know it's just part of who you are. Um, how do you hear from God?
2: I, yeah, I literally... I hear a voice in my heart. I think that's what I, yeah, yeah, a heart. Yeah. It's the voice in the heart that just speaks and, and listen. And he's, he's so um, like, ever since I was a little girl, I have always heard and felt that voice. So it's always been a comfort. I know it's the Holy spirit and I, I, I love the Holy spirit. I speak to the Holy spirit all the time and don't do any decisions without the Holy Holy spirit. We talk all the time. And I just feel this uh, comfort that, um, yeah, he's got my back. Like literally sometimes people say, how do you know what to do? I said, I feel like there's an angel next to me that writes sticky notes and gives yeah. it to me. And I'm like, okay, but because I literally will wake up in the morning with these, oh, okay, I've got to do this. I've got to call that person or move that. And it's like, not, my, I'm not that smart. It's like my brain doesn't, it's like literally an angel.
0: so cool. You
2: going, hey, you need to your eyes need to go this or that. And it's so much easier doing it that way. You know, it's just such a ease and a grace. If it's you
0: easy. were in the room I'd have you lay hands right here on my head and
2: <laughs> no, right. I don't do it. I don't see phone fun. numbers. I don't see phone
0: numbers. <laughs> it's not right. that far. It's not that far off of what you're talking about. So it's good. Well, let's talk about now. Cause we have the world global pandemic. I remember I was going to come to Australia for a whole month, I think and do a tour and back in 2020 and um, we canceled everything starting in March. I know we had a lot of just stuff planned. We canceled our world and everything had to change. You guys had a lot of things that, you know, you were moving forward right then and you had to pivot. What did it look like and what was God showing you to do? Because a lot of things happened in that time frame.
2: I think uh, one thing that Mark did brilliantly was he called our entire global team together, everyone, everywhere. Wow. And he said, right, all your roles are all uh you need to lay all your roles down the yeah. way moving forward I'm going to be putting some of you in charge of this, some of you in charge of that, and everybody just needs to do what needs to happen uh, through this season so like our Singapore pastor, he became our it uh, de- department he began to run the it oh, globally wow. and uh, he just began to maneuver different uh, people and change their roles and our team w- were amazing because they trust Mark and they were like okay, if that's what you need us to do, that's what we'll do. So he called this urgent meeting and began to just plow through uh, strategy and roles and how everything's going to look. put us all into teams. And then we just started having these weekly global meetings. And then as the pandemic has changed, because like Perth now meets um, New Zealand, yeah. some he constantly is changing the team or the roles, whatever, to make it work for the season that it works in. It's just, unbelievable how he works really fast and we all just try and keep
1: up <laughs> <laughs> I think undergirding that was a culture of uh of trust honor and flexibility mm-hmm. because if that's not there uh you can't just suddenly do that the thing would crack uh and I think that we've got an incredible team and so uh, I mean staff number I think about 200 staff globally so we all go on wow. one zoom and and we went from 60 weekend services globally or whatever the number was. To online. Yeah. And because of Jemima's uh, ability online with media and production and all of that. And again, just leveraging every country was in a different space too. So we're in 12, yeah. 13 countries. Some of them couldn't meet. Some of them couldn't leave their house. Others had a bit more freedom. So it was genuinely this uh, let's hold on yeah. to a few things real tightly and let yeah. go of everything else pretty loosely uh and and i think
2: one thing you were strong with was making sure the pastors keep in contact with the people so we would make eight thousand phone calls a week to all our people to make sure they were okay between all the staff staff, everybody went on to we didn't it doesn't matter the cafe girl she started making calls like everybody was making calls to me pray with people find out their needs and uh, that is still happening today in some of our cities Uh, because we didn't want to lose anybody in this journey. And that was when people were desperate. And then Mark went on this huge uh, um, vision and strategy for connect groups, house to house revival, Mm -hmm. he called. And that has just gone through the roof. Our our connects are so strong. People are connected and we're so that when we gather back, it'll be stronger than when it ever was.
0: And it's, it's unique to me because I think a lot of people who, um, our leading ministries and churches and and these kinds of structures went into survival mode. So there was, they weren't in mobilizing mode; they were in survival mode. What was that point, you guys? And maybe it was a good question for you, Mark. Where it's like you knew we got to go into mobilize mode. We need to. We're going. We're we're taking ground. We're we're not reacting. We're using proactive energy. What was that point where that happened? And you was it right away? Pretty early on, because I read from
1: Acts two, and we, I'll preach from it. I'm sure you, a lot of people, would have spoken from it about how they met in temples, they met in houses daily. Mm -hmm. Uh, One line that I never really uh, paid attention to is, I think, verse 42. It says, in fear came upon every soul. And I think what I realized is, okay, that's a three-layered revival. It's all of us together. It's house to house and individually, which always knew instinctively you've got to have your own walk with God. But I could see right there in those three, four verses in Acts 2, 42 to 46, that it's a three-layered revival. And I said, here's what's going to be exposed. I mean, right now they can remove the gatherings. They can shut down the temples. Mm But they can't touch the house to house. And even if they did, fear can come upon every soul personally. You can have your own revival in your own prison cell. if if That's what you intended. So I realized we need a threefold cord. We need a threefold layer. And we're looking at our church, we obviously celebrated the, the corporate and the gatherings. They were wonderful. And I know I saw a lot of pastors fight to get that back. And I understand that. And I appreciate that. And I get why. And I'd be the same. But I realized rather than spend all my energy and all our time fighting over something that really to some degree is out of our control, if Paul and Silas could have a revival in a jail cell, there's no quarantine. We can't actually start uh, stirring what God is doing. And so within the context of each country, even though it's slightly different, I just said, let's make sure all three layers are strong. You've got your own walk with God, house to house, and we just connect or small groups or life yeah. groups or whatever people call around the world. So what I realized is we always said that our small groups are a significant part of our church, but it wasn't our reality. And the pandemic Mm -hmm. was like a pit stop. Like, you know, a pit stop is instinctively different to the outcome of a Formula One race because you're meant to get to the end. And yet a pit stop is a strategic stop in which you can get some things done. So because there's more ahead. And so I looked at it as a pit stop where we can actually work on some things and get some things right. So when we get back on the track, we can go again. And our small groups definitely uh, exploded with incredible uh, life and urgency. Uh, and really what it did is it awoke the latent potential in every believer. It wasn't wow. just how, how, wow. how do you lead when the worship leader is not there? How do you pray when the pastor is not there? Well, ordinary members had to become the body and not be fat cells carried, but muscles that were doing the lifting. <laughs>
0: oh, wow, that's a big statement.
1: That's a bit too much there, but you know what I'm saying? I love it. I think- I, that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And that's what's happened. I think that's what's happened.
2: And, you know, Mark prophesied this in the New Year's Eve of 2020, going into 2020 he prophesied. I found it on a video where he said some of you are going to rise up and you're going to save your families. You're going to leave. You're going to do worse. You're going to do things you've never done before in your homes. So he actually said that going into wow. New Year's Eve. I
0: you I know what I was saying? You, you know what it
2: is, But it, <laughs> clearly we look back now. Yeah. It's just amazing.
0: But God I was preparing it. Well, what's yeah. next for you guys? And then at the end, I want you guys to tell people how to get a hold of Kingdom City and watch the services and be a part globally. But to tell us what's next for, what are you guys working on? What are you believing for? What do you believe God's saying to the world right now? Wow.
2: What's next? Mark, you're
1: writing another book? Well, no, Well, I wrote a book yeah. that's really chronicled the story. And, and part of that was more to capture the testimony. Some of a little bit of what we've heard on this incredible podcast, but really so much of what Jemima and I have shared over the 15 years. So that was the, a lot of creativity came out of this season in terms of books and music. And Mark has written
2: all our songs or most of our songs Mark's written.
1: Well, there's a great Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: They're from Mark. That's
0: amazing.
1: Yes. So there's a great David
0: Hart and thing is on you.
1: Yes. Someone just said that. Someone just said that to him. Yeah. Anyway. Wow. It's amazing. Yeah. Actually, you've had a couple of prophetic words over us that have been literally so scary that have shaped our trajectory, but we're probably out mm-hmm. of time. With those, but it's really been such an amazing, exactly. you know, it's a ready, fire, aim journey for us. That's actually the name of my book, you know. Ready we, been, yeah, ready, fire, aim, you know, which is a line from Iron Man, Obadiah Stain uh, talks about it to a. Uh, Tony Stark, but not that that's relevant for this podcast.
0: I'm just uh, not at all, like, especially with my background. Make sure yeah. if you're visually watching this, the <laughs> Avengers are present. Yes.
1: <laughs> but yeah, in terms of what's next, what, uh,
2: you're doing more songs and uh, we're
1: starting a school and online. Yes, a we're starting a school. school. That's amazing. And part of it is Jemima's passion for the next generation actually has unlocked a lot of things in our church because it's not tomorrow's generation, it's today's generation. And the yeah. the, the infectious energy around you know, I, I felt the Lord actually asked us to start a school about five years ago. And I am saying, God, it's a global online school. That'll never work. How do I do that? Send someone else. I was unqualified to start a church, never mind a school. And I said, I need a sign that online's going to work. And of course, then the pandemic hits and it's like, is
0: <laughs> that loud enough? Yeah. Exactly. We all have the sign. Yeah,
1: exactly. So uh that's ahead of us launching in 2023. Yeah. But really our online campus has been a huge part of Trying to find that not one is lost, that everybody feels yeah. connected, and of course, you know, our our heart uh, has always been to awaken the latent potential in every believer, and I think that's happening. Um, yeah. The the stuff that Jemima is producing with kids content is, is actually world class. It's done. It's actually gone around the world. It's actually quite amazing the influence that the that the, the Lord has started to open up. But again, we're not really chasing that. It's genuinely just for the house. building what we're yeah. doing for the house, and then if yeah. it'll bless anything beyond. Hey, that's what that's how hot we want that to. No, it's to, so good though because
0: people i think one of the things that's happened with the pandemic is that people are looking for the best of tools for their home and they're finding wow. out that their local church is a great place for community but may not have the best tools for one area or another and it's giving them permission to go find a children's ministry online that feeds their children differently than their local children's ministry and that kind of thing so i'm so glad people can hear this because part of what we believe even the all the podcasts i mean i think there's a there's something like 17,000 new podcasts in Christianity a month right now. There's so many new ones a month because people are, first of all, being a voice, but also people are collecting information differently as Christians than they ever have before. And so I'm so glad to be able to, for those of you who haven't heard of Kingdom City, introduce you to this resource center because they have so much books, music, teaching, ministry, children's opportunity, all these things. And it doesn't matter if you're in a city that they are uh, planted and you can go on their global online community which is really good, but also I love your perspective. So just final thoughts before we introduce just the website and stuff. What what do you think God is saying for the next like 2021 to 2022? What do you what do you feel faith-wise that we're in that could set people's hope? You go first.
1: No, you <laughs> asked for the sticky note from the angel. Oh, no, no. <laughs> no, okay. So I'll go I'll go first. Um, I honestly feel like there is a uh, there's almost a crisis of hope, crisis of spirit that's mm-hmm. been has been sowed, and so the play really isn't the virus as much as as much as it is the fear and the hopelessness. And I think more than ever we needed to be not just salt but light. Uh, I think salt yeah. has had its 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 space covertly, which is probably more the way we have functioned historically. Or was it about building a city on a hill? But I think uh, honestly, it's not even about a tower anymore. It's about everybody just turning their light on. I feel like this. Wow. is opportunity for the body to truly become everything Christ wanted it to be, mm-hmm. which is every member remembering that what they're a part of mm-hmm. means that they're not just attending something. You, you, you don't go to church, you are the church. Mm-hmm. And whether that's, that's an crazy. industry, ministry isn't for those who work for an, for an organization. It's it, He's not looking for full-time uh, ministers, he's looking for full-time Christians. And if we're all full-time yeah. believers, uh, we're going to be salt and light wherever we are. And I think that is meant to be The outcome of this entire horrific three-year period where with or without temple gatherings, with or without structures, with or without challenges, the world has never been more awake and alert and looking for something beyond itself. And if anyone should have the assurance of eternity where death has lost its sting, it's us. And I think that 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 desire to awaken that in every believer. It's like if I could go around and shake every believer and say, "Come on, this is why you were yeah. born for such a time as this." Yeah. And, and that sense of purpose would replace that crisis of spirit uh, like Ooh, Esther, would realize we were here for such a time so as this. Good. Everything about our life makes sense. Why we're born in this era, why we're Jewish in a, in a season of exile, you know why we're beautiful, uh, you know, everything about Esther's life made sense. Mm-hmm when she realized her purpose and I think that's wow. what needs to be taken in the church and then it doesn't matter whether you're starting schools or hospitals or you're in movies or you're in art or you're in sports everything about who you are will make sense for such a time as this and if that can be awoken mm. in every believer I think uh that that would be an incredible outcome from this crazy it's wow.
0: so inspiring Jemima
2: Uh, I'm excited that, uh, God has set us up in one of the greatest, uh, seasons for revival because of technology. Mm -hmm. I don't think Christians we didn't really, even us utilize technology the best way we could. And this pandemic Mm -hmm. forced all churches, all ministries to go online and, uh, do more stuff, which means that the unbeliever can find us. We've had so many testimonies of people accidentally coming in and that's our prayer let people accidentally come upon uh come across our link let them accidentally see a miracle and then be curious because so many people in this season are scared they're fearful the unknown and so it's we are right for revival and and using technology oh, yeah. there's there's no time no distance nothing can stop us from reaching the literally the ends of the earth it's like the gospel is now spread to the ends of the earth and it's forced us as a church as a as god's church to be able to put stuff online where the enemy was dominant online and now we're all coming online with kids stuff and youth stuff and adult stuff and marriage stuff and all these sorts of things it's like god's like finally christians you're using technology for what it was supposed to be. And I'm super excited about that. Because when the gatherings do come back, I think churches will be shocked at how many people do turn up. They'll be like, yeah, I was watching your church online down the street for you, you know, years you know, during yeah. the pandemic. Yeah, they'll be shocked at who turns up in the room because they've been watching online. I
0: think it's so good. I, th- I know like about 10 years ago, God told me your virtual space, real estate is as important as your natural real estate. And we just didn't know at the time, right? And I kept telling people that, like different movements and places, this is so important where we're going. We have to have we have to have put as much budget even more into our virtual space and our natural space. And and people started to make little shifts, but we saw that during the pandemic, where all of a sudden we had to put our resources into our virtual space for the first time as a church. And I still feel like the church at large is a little behind in technology, even though God's given us a leg up because we're about to hit augmented reality and virtual reality where people can come to our services virtually. You might have somebody in the middle of Iraq who's going to your Kingdom City Church in Perth because of some virtual reality setup that you guys have, which will be 10 years from now, common and normal to have augmented reality, Google glasses or Apple glasses to be a part of something. So we're gonna grow so much in our connectivity. And I love that you guys are forerunning and that you're in that mode of of innovation because I think it's so important And I know a lot of people are looking at you guys and the innovation you're doing. You're impacting other movements as well. Thank you so much for being on today. How do people get a hold of Kingdom City? What's the best way to look for you guys and just to be a part?
1: Yeah, so kingdomcity.com is our website. All our online content's there. We have a thing called Green Room, which is really an opportunity for anybody around the world to just access that, how we do what we do and the why we do what we do uh, with a lot of pastors' conferences and a lot of practicals, especially all the brilliant stuff Jemima does with media and production. All your leadership. And all of the leadership stuff. Everything's on there. So uh, the book is Ready, Fire, Aim, but pretty much everything is available if you go through kingdomcity.com. And uh, yeah, we'd love to help anybody and serve your audience, Sean, in any way we can, uh, in any way that will help them with what God's put on their heart.
0: Well, thank you guys so much. There's a lot to share and we so appreciate it. And I'm so excited to see what God's gonna be doing over the next, you know, 10, 20, 30 years in this movement because it's been so dynamic already. Thank you guys. Do you wanna be mentored in hearing God's voice? It's not hard, but it takes time, examples, practice, and conversations to really get in the place of being able to get revelation and also to know how to interpret and reply what God's showing you. I have started an online community through our platform, Transend God Mentoring, where you'll receive weekly videos, weekly live group mentoring, monthly special events, and all of our past e-courses on the gifts, marriage, and relevant topics to your spiritual journey. Come join me and all my platform contributors to learn how to walk out a thriving journey of hearing God. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Prophetic, part of the Exploring Series podcast. These podcasts are made possible by generous donations of listeners just like you. Become a partner or visit us at bullsministries.com with your one-time donation today. Also, if you are enjoying the podcast, please become a part of our family by subscribing. Connect to us at www.bullsministries.com, where we want to resource you with our articles, books, weekly mentoring, e-courses, and more. Or download our Bulls app free at our web store. We love to hear your feedback. Drop us a line and also your rating, reviewing, and sharing makes such a difference in the world for people learning about us. Thanks for listening.